There are people that have been living in their homes, contaminated with mold, and they don't seem to have any symptoms, but they wonder why they're taking medication for this, or they have pains for that. As far as your home and mold growing inside of your home, are there specific areas where maybe the weather affects it? I've been in immaculate museum quality houses. Everything is white and pristine. And you walk in there and you're like, wow, this place is fantastic. It's totally clean. And we've tested it and sure enough, the air is contaminated because they lived there 20 years and never had their air ducts cleaned. I will never have carpet. I will never have a jacuzzi tub and I will never have wallpaper, at least not in Florida. One of the best things you can have in your home is a humidity monitor because that'll just let you know when something gets out of balance. I imagine it affects not only your physical health, but your mental health. I can assure you that being preventative with your maintenance is much less expensive than having to deal with the remediation in the end. Today I'm joined by Maxine Gomez, and we are going to talk about mold exposure, which has been sweeping, I don't even think just the United States. I feel like it's all over the place at this point. So I really am excited to dive into this. Maxine started out wanting to become an orthopedic surgeon. She received a degree in biology. She was on track for that. And she was inspired to make a bigger difference in the world. And now she helps people on a large scale who have been exposed exposed to mold and to prevent them from being exposed to mold. So welcome, Maxine. Jessica, thank you for the lovely introduction. Nice to be here. Absolutely. I would love to start out with a brief overview of what mold exposure is and why it's a concern for health. And the reason why I want to start here is because I feel like a lot of people don't know they've been exposed to mold until it's, I don't want to say too late, but until they're at a point where their bodies are really suffering. You're absolutely right. It is a modern day problem because it used to be that we didn't have air conditioning, but as the world got more accessible and tourism became more popular and you could fly across the world for just a few hundred dollars, they put air conditioning units everywhere, which seems practical, but if you don't understand the dehumidification process, all you're doing is creating these soups of uh, humidity and mold can grow. So just because it's cool doesn't mean it's dehumidified. So just because you feel air conditioning doesn't mean it's doing its job properly. And so it used to be that all of these boutique hotels or open air places or beautiful little castles went undisturbed for hundreds of years. And then we stuck air conditioning in them and now they're all covered in mold. So you're absolutely right. It used to be just a tropical problem, but now it's an international problem. Okay, so are air conditioners kind of like the root cause of the mold? Oftentimes, it's a combination of air conditioning or building neglect. Um, because an air conditioner has two functions, really. It should cool and it should dehumidify. But people think, well, if it's bigger and it's stronger and it's cooling faster, then that's better. But if it cools too fast, then you're not giving it its time to do its other functions to dehumidify. And that's when you get condensation starting to grow in the ductwork and around the vents. You see those little droplets. Those are kind of your first indications that something is out of balance. 
Wow. Okay. So then why is this a concern for health? Why do we want to avoid mold at all costs? Like, why can't we just spray it and clean it up with some bleach or something? That's a, that's a two-part question. One is mold is natural. It's in the world. It's outside your body. If you are healthy enough, can combat it on its own. But we, especially after COVID, spend so much time inside that we're just re-breathing circulated air that is contaminated with these spores. And when it's so concentrated that your body can't combat it on its own, then you kind of succumb to it, which is what happened to me as well. So the problem with it is that mold is not part of building science or building code yet. While we're getting people kind of on board to realize that this is a problem and they need to build for safer structures, because it hasn't caught up with building code, it also hasn't caught up with the medical world. So oftentimes you go to your doctor with certain symptoms and they're, oh, you just have allergies or it'll pass, or I don't know, we've never seen anything like this. And they're doing the best they can. They just haven't, this isn't taught in medical schools. So the science haven't, hasn't caught up with it in buildings or in health. But we're, we're seeing that uh, sadly, because more and more people are getting sick, that the attention is is getting there. And how can it show up in a person? I've heard of different autoimmune responses, but what are some examples of someone that may have gotten mold exposure? Like what would that look like as far as their health? So I like to say that every body is different and every single person will have a different reaction depending on the kind of mold, the length of exposure, and it will show up differently for different people. So for example, I had a gentleman on my team that every time he went into a property, even if he was wearing a PPE mask, uh, he would lose his voice. So that was his symptom. I would get a little headache like right there and then it would go away and I'd be fine. Um, people sneeze, people cough, people have different kinds of allergic reactions until it's saturated in your body and you can no longer fight it anymore and then you see a lot of symptoms that are similar to Lyme disease or PANS and things like that especially in small children they seem to show uh, symptoms gain, uh, weight gain stress anxiety there's all there's a huge variety of symptoms mine because I had kind of a low exposure over a long period of time and I didn't really have an allergic reaction to it the way I finally figured out what was going on is I was exhausted all the time. You know, I'm a high-functioning entrepreneur. I'm always on the go. And then one day I was sleeping 10 hours a day and, you know, would have breakfast and would need a nap. And like, hmm, maybe I'm getting old or my hormones are off. And sure enough, I went to a doctor. They did blood work. And they're like, oh, yeah, you know, we're going to put you on hormones. And I'm like, no, no, no. Wait a minute. This, that's not, that doesn't sit right with me. So Finally, I found a functional medicine doctor that was willing to order the exam separately because it's not something that you test for in a normal blood panel. So sure enough, we tested blood and urine just to compare and it was through the roof on like everything. And then we said, okay, we have a plan of attack now. Wow, okay, so you can request a specific test from your doctor for your blood and your urine and they will actually be able to tell you if there's mold in it? Yes. Okay. Um, I thought that you had to have your your home tested. So the, again, those are two different things, right? Um, 
because the science hasn't yet caught up to make these correlations, just because you have your home tested doesn't mean it's showing up in your body. Just because it's in your body doesn't mean it's in your home. And there are really, it's a very difficult connection to make even for legal terms to say, okay, I tested my home or my job and I tested my body and it's the same kind of mold, but they're still not making the correlation. Mm. Okay. And then what if you stay somewhere for a month or two? Is there a certain amount of time um, or even if it's just a week or a night, is there a certain amount of time where you are like the more exposed you are, the more at risk that you are of like having it in your blood? Again, it comes down to, and I'm not a doctor. So let me just premise by saying that I'm speaking from my own experience, but there are people that have been living in their homes contaminated with mold and they don't seem to have any symptoms, but they wonder why, you know, they're taking medication for this or they have pains for that. And they, they haven't made the correlation. You may stay in a place one night and just have some sneezing and be healthy enough to kick it out of your body just by breathing fresh air for the next few days. So just like you're doing, you really have to encourage people to take their health and their property into their own hands and get as much information as they can to self-actualize and really understand their own body. Okay. So this sounds like, um, I always, I always have this like illustration in my mind where it's like, we have our immune system and there's all these different things coming at us from different angles and we all take care of ourselves to different degrees. So it's like, there can be one thing that pushes pushes us over the edge, tips the scale, so to speak. And that one thing could be like a meal that's full of, you know, junk food. And that thing could be mold or that thing could be radiation maybe or anything really. So, but it sounds like mold has been something that's been affecting a lot of people it's been tipping the scale so to speak it can be the thing that pushes you over and generally if people are healthy enough they can fight it on their own because it's something natural right you're going to be exposed to it just by stepping outside and you know breathing fresh air but your body can process it if you're healthy enough but just like you're saying if you're following the standard american diet and you're eating junk food and lots of sugar mold kind of acts like cancer and it feeds off of sugar so if you have a high sugar diet and you're trying to combat mold you're working against yourself as well and i'm sure with your experience you are aware of the importance of your gut microbiome and mold really attacks your microbiome so if you are not just only detoxing from mold but helping to rebuild your system by getting all the prebiotics and the probiotics and all the good stuff back in there you're never going to build yourself back up to be able to fight it. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm, definitely. And I have a little side question and then we'll get back on track. But what is your opinion with nuts then? Because I've heard about different nuts, like peanuts, almonds, whatever they are, usually having mold. So yes, um, some of the most common areas where you can find mold ironically are in like your health food stores because they don't use pesticides so if they're not using pesticides you're also not killing the mold and people think oh because they didn't use pesticides now i don't have to wash my food 
So you have to, a more reason why you have to wash your food. There's stuff on there because it wasn't protected by anything. Whereas pesticides just wash off. And not that I'm a proponent for pesticides, but you're going to pick one poison or the other if you're not cleaning your food. If you're not buying organic, um, there are now coffee companies that specify on the label mold-free coffee, mold-free peanut butter. Those are the two areas where you can really find a lot of mold. And then the nuts themselves, again, you're, you're going to want to look for healthier labels or healthier sources of them. Um, you want to open the bag and smell them. Do they smell? I bought fresh organic cinnamon sticks, like for your uh, coffee and stuff. And I open the bag and they're covered in mold because they weren't treated. So you just because you bought it from a natural place doesn't mean it's in the best condition. And it's more susceptible to decompose because it's not treated with preservatives or pesticides. Because of the mold exposure, people develop certain sensitivities. So I've seen clients that can't eat cashews because of the lagoons, um, uh, the lectins, I mean. So it's not, it's not an answer to all the nuts where, so peanuts are most likely of all the nuts to have mold and coffee is most likely to have mold. But then you have to listen to your own body on your own sensitivities. Some people can eat almonds and peanuts all day long and then not have cashews. So that's kind of, but for me in my diet, I definitely include all kinds of nuts and I love them and I digest them well and I feel good with them. Okay, interesting. I was actually opening up garlic yesterday. It's funny that we're talking about this and I had never seen mold inside of garlic before, but there it was and it was organic. And then I remembered I had older garlic that was not organic. Um, and I went and I got that to use that instead. And it was fine. No mold, but it was, so that makes sense. I never, I never put the two and two together with the pesticides and the killing of the mold. I just usually buy organic whenever I can to avoid them. Yes. Ideally you are buying organic. It's usually a better choice. But that doesn't mean that because it's organic, it's safe from anything else. Right, right. Okay, so obviously when it comes to the food and the health food stores, those are everywhere. So wherever you live, that needs to be something on your radar. As far as your home and mold growing inside of your home, are there specific areas where maybe the weather affects it? Are there just different um, specific populations where you're more likely to find the mold? We do see it more in the tropics, just because it's hotter, it's more humid outside naturally. Um, and we have more places with air conditioning. Um, there are only five states in the United States that regulate mold. So you're, you're not working with building contractors that are even required to build for it or, or protect you from it. So as you are moving into a property or inspecting a home, you definitely want to test for it if it's something you have a sensitivity to, or even still, it's not something you want to move into if it's totally contaminated. Um, so yes, we do see it in areas where there are more storms because you get damage to the windows and the roofs and things like that where moisture can come in. So of course, Florida with hurricanes and the high humidity levels, we just have a higher rate of it. But as you're getting into air conditioning systems, people aren't taught that you have to change your air filter or you have to clean your air ducts or you have to re your windows. 
or you have to maintain your humidity levels indoors, one of the best things you can have in your home is a humidity monitor because that'll just let you know when something gets out of balance. Because just because the AC is on and it feels cool, doesn't mean it's doing its job. So I've been in immaculate museum quality houses. Everything is white and pristine. And you walk in there and you're like, wow, this place is fantastic. It's totally clean. And we've tested it. And sure enough, the air is contaminated because they lived there 20 years and never had their air ducts cleaned. Wow. Yeah. So just because you can't see it also doesn't mean it isn't there. Because people love to use bleach to just wipe things down and make it all clean. So it smells clean. And really what the bleach does is it discolors it. So you can't see it anymore, but that doesn't mean it's gone. Bleach is a wonderful product. It's great for a lot of things. However, in the concentration that it is sold on store shelves, that's not enough to kill mold. And really to treat the mold, you wanna determine the source of it. If it's something just growing on a wall because it's in the air, that's likely something you can wipe down. But if it's something that happened through the walls because a roof leak or a plumbing leak or something like that, you're going to have to tear out that drywall. That's not something you can just wipe down and make it go away. So because we have more modern structures with um, different kinds of building processes and plumbing and, you know, all of these unique things that we come up with, those things fail. They break. So if you're not checking behind the wall to see what's going on back there, you're, you may be exposing yourself without even knowing it. We did a ton of projects where they were, it was the first time and they were, they were building neighborhoods a little further west, um, like Cooper City type area. It was the first time they were building all these beautiful big new homes and really challenging kind of normal building practices. So you used to have standard three foot countertops, six foot walls, you know, 12 foot ceilings, that kind of thing. That went out the door as people got creative in building. And now you had 26 foot ceilings with foyers and nine foot walls. So all of these GCs were like, okay, well, let's just put the biggest AC unit we can fit in there and make sure it's always cool. But they wouldn't dehumidify. So we did a ton of those attics because they were just covered in mold. So the house felt cool and everything looked clean on the inside, but everything got contaminated in the attics because the AC couldn't function properly. So as we get creative in our building structures, we have to make sure that we're monitoring the indoor air quality and our humidity levels. My mind is blown right now. <laughs> I see. <laughs> you taught, you mentioned several things that you need to be doing, like recocking the windows and things like that. But where do you start? I mean, if you start at the doctor's and you find out it's in your body or you start with getting your home tested and you find out it's there, then what? Does someone come in and they find out exactly where it is or is it pretty much everywhere? Do you need to evacuate your home and find a new one or like how does that work? So again, like every body is different, every property is different. And most of the time, the cases that we see are a simple cleaning of your HVAC system. You clean your vents, ducts, toilet, you have to hire a, a mold licensed HVAC contractor that does this. And they clean your air ducts and the handler with the, you know, they acid wash the coils and things like that. You got to make sure you change your air filter once a month. And that that's usually enough to get most places back into balance if it's something simple. If you had a roof leak or a plumbing leak, 
um, window leaks, things like that, and you've had a slow leak kind of ongoing somewhere, you're probably going to get into a major project because now you got to be removing some of the drywall and building materials and setting up containment. The right assessor will give you enough data to determine what areas are affected. So just because your room tested positive doesn't mean the kitchen will test positive. So it can be overwhelming because people would say, well, I don't want to spend that much money on a, on a test, but then you don't get enough data. So, you know, the assessor, the tester is usually at the mercy of what the person is willing to pay to test for. Um, but really your, your best option is to have the most amount of information in your testing phase. That way you can minimize mistakes in the actual remediation phase. And each phase of that is different. The remediation can be very simple, like cleaning your HVAC system, or you may find out that all, I've seen some, you know, like I've had very simple cases. I've had very complex cases where people lost their homes. So it, it's where, so to answer your question, where do you start? Okay. As an assessor, as a teacher of mold remediation, I would recommend that your audience starts at their front door, right? You're coming home, look around. Where, if you can imagine where air can get through, water can get through there too. So if you've got leaky windows, if you have foundation cracks, if you haven't painted your house in 10 years, people forget that too. That paint does not just make your house look beautiful, it also hardens the exterior to protect you from outside elements coming in. And if you put in hurricane windows and didn't read the fine print in your contract where it says you got to recock your windows annually, you just lost your guarantee and you're letting humidity come in. So unfortunately, people aren't educated enough on how to maintain their property once they take ownership of it. So I would start with the outside. Do, do an actual physical walkthrough of the perimeter of your property from the outside. Do you see foundation cracks? Do you see you know, areas, moldy little things on the windowsill. Is your sprinkler from the outside splashing onto your house rather than onto the garden, right? And you're just saturating your walls every day just by turning on your sprinklers. Um, and then do the walkthrough on the inside. Use your allies up, down, and all around. Look at the ceiling, look at the floor, look at all the little nooks and crannies. If you moved in and never moved your furniture around, chances are, you know, there may be something going on behind that couch or that armoire that never moves. So there's a reason why we do spring cleaning, right? Mold doesn't grow on hard surfaces. So if your armoire is clean, mold won't grow on it. But if you've never cleaned and never dusted, mold grows on dust. It needs a source of food. So we get a lot of cases where we see uh, hoarders, right? Because hoarders are collecting things. And so things tend to get dusty and accumulate dirt. And then mold has a, a buffet to just feed off of. And, you know, people feel a lot of shame when it comes to things like this. Well, what did I do to deserve this? How come this is happening in my home? And then, and then it gets a little overwhelming to understand where to start. But I want to take people's fear away and let you know that if you've called a remediator, we have seen it all. We've seen, you know, people that collect animals, 
people that collect all sorts of things, whatever worst case scenario is, I promise you we have seen it and we can come up with a solution for you. So don't be afraid to start somewhere. Quickly, a few other things I would look for in your home. Me personally, after having lived this and seen so many properties, I will never have carpet. I will never have a jacuzzi tub and I will never have wallpaper, at least not in Florida. It's just too humid. Every time we've removed wallpaper, that glue behind there, that's always full of mold. Your jacuzzi tubs, nine out of 10 times, they always leak. And because they have that big foundation underneath them, you never get to see what's actually going on behind uh, below the tub and you get pooling water in there. And then you're, you think you're relaxing and soaking in your tub and really you're just heating the water in the elements and breathing that stuff below the tub. Um, so you want to make sure that there's the panel access that you can look under there, that things are clean. And then carpet just acts like, like a sponge. So anything that's in the air, dust particles, pet dander, skin cells, all of that stuff flakes onto your carpet. And if you're not vacuuming regularly or having it professionally clean, there's stuff lingering in there, I can assure you. <laughs> I am taking notes right now. <laughs> <laughs> because I plan to, you know, look for a new place at some point soon. And um, I love big tubs, but I guess. I, I'm telling you, I won't have it just because, you know, this has made me a little OCD. But um, I, if you do get one, make sure that it has an access panel so that you can always open it and see below that there are no leaks and that you can just stick your nose in there and make sure that it smells clean and that it can be treated okay okay oh good to know but yeah back to your point with how overwhelming and scary this must be for anybody that comes across this I imagine it affects not only your physical health but your mental health absolutely the mold plays funny tricks on you it will when I was in it and fully contaminated, I couldn't even be around blue cheese. Like my body would just have a reaction to it. Um, it. Everybody has a different reaction, but it will do funny things to kind of convince you that everything's fine. And then you're just gonna live in it. Um, it definitely adds to anxiety because you, you feel like you're overcome with something, but you don't have any answers. So you don't know where to go. And then it just kind of perpetuates that anxiety um, for a period of time. For two years, I lost my smell. So I have to imagine that there's something neurochemical, your olfactory senses are affected. Um, then when I did my detox, all of a sudden I was like, oh, I can smell again. <laughs> Which is kind of funny because you realize that the world warns you with more smells than it does entice you with things <laughs> i was like oh i didn't miss that that much <laughs> people are thinking <laughs> it definitely affects your mental health because you start searching for answers and people are like no you're crazy your doctors don't get it maybe you might be having a reaction in your home that nobody else is so everybody else is like what's wrong with you you're fine everything's fine and then you're like i know i'm not fine something's not fine and that's enough to just perpetuate the anxiety. Yes, and that would be a tough one to even, you would probably roll out, rule out mold because you'd think, oh, I'm the only one in the home that's having this, so it can't be that. Yeah. You mentioned 
detoxing it when you had your experience is there a specific way to detox or is that just also depends on the individual there are a few things that you can start to do that go across the board for everybody like eating healthy things and avoiding sugars if you can start with that that's a huge thing my process that i wrote with functional medicine doctors was a 90-day process it was 30 days of no sugar that was no fruit nothing that had any kind of a reaction so the only thing i was eating was meat and vegetables and then it was i mean i took it to another level because i was like i'm gonna knock this out and i'm gonna commit to it so i would start my morning with apple cider vinegar and lemon juice i would cut up raw garlic wait 10 minutes to activate it eat that and then i'd go for a walk and then i'd have my charcoal because that's a binder and that kind of takes everything out but binders you got to remember are killing not only the bad stuff but the good stuff so I had all the other stuff, all the natural supplements, oil of oregano and cilantro and, you know, everything that they recommend. Did that for 30 days, prepared my body. Then I was doing all of that, plus a chlorine dioxide detox. So that was drinking a diluted form of chlorine every hour on the hour for eight hours for 28 days. It got, you know, when you eat a lot of curry and you could smell it through your pores, you could smell the chlorine through my pores. It was like, you knew that it was working. It was just eliminating everything. And then the last 30 days was the rebuild, eating the prebiotics, the probiotics, putting sauerkraut on everything I ate, making sure lots of healthy foods. Um, and I, within, by the end of the 60 days, I started to get my smell back. So it was pretty intensive, but the way I saw it for myself was whatever, I can do anything for 30 days, you know, and especially if I know that it's a commitment to my health. And then it's, it's important to not, not think of the things that you're limiting yourself from, but rather the things that you are empowering yourself and strengthening your body for, and knowing that you're doing this to create better habits. Because if you can do 90 days with no sugar, no alcohol, no drugs, none of that, you're going to make better decisions coming out of it. So if you were eating a lot of junk food beforehand and you start making the conscious choice of what you're going to put in your fridge for those 60 days, 90 days, you're just going to naturally, hopefully, make the switch to make the better decisions for yourself. But you can detox all you want. If you are not rebuilding your system and your microbiome, you're still messing with your brain and you're still messing with your gut health, which means you're not going to give it the strength it needs to kick it. The rebuild is just as important as the elimination. This sounds like a detox plan that people might want. Is this available anywhere? I know you said you made this with a, a integrative practitioner. Functional medicine, yes. Um, I was very lucky that a friend of mine who is a doctor that I know we met through free diving he was, he's also a nutritionist and he was very open-minded to helping me find a solution. So together we put this together. It's uh, moldexposuretreatment.com that has my protocol on it and uh, it shows my whole story. I, it's pretty, pretty funny. I get very vulnerable, you know, kind of sharing all the aspects of it. And then you know how it is, Jessica, as you go through a process like this, you not only uncover 
your physical stuff, but your emotional stuff and your spiritual stuff and really the whole transformation of it. And I feel like I'm a better, healthier person for it. Mm -hmm. Yes. When you go through something like this, it's definitely, um, I feel like you become a different person through it and it happens for you, not to you. And it's scary in the process, but on the other side, it's kind of like, oh, that's almost the best thing that's ever happened to me, you know? It is your body begging you to make better decisions for yourself. Mm -hmm. I even worked with an Olympic skiing uh, champion, and he, coincidentally, that's how they knew to tell him to find me, was he had the same symptoms I did, was he was a totally normal, healthy person, wasn't sneezing, coughing, nothing, he was just exhausted. And he went from being a downhill Olympic skier to being like, I can't even run two miles. And now he went through the detox, he went through the rebuild, and he's up and at it again. Mm. So there's hope. <laughs> but you you got to do the work. There's just no, it's the what you can't fake. You can't fake showing up for yourself. Right, right. And it's like the universe or God, whatever you believe in, it's like, they'll give you nudges. And if you don't listen, that's when something extreme like this might happen, which just causes you to like, you can't not listen. And yeah, but it's, it's a great thing. I I mean, it's all perspective, but I think it can be looked at as a positive. I like to add some humor in it. You know, it's not supposed to be so serious life. Uh, And my story is a little funny in that I was traveling the world. I'm very blessed. And that's really when I got sick is because as we mentioned, a lot of the countries don't regulate mold. So I was staying in everything from huts in Africa to palaces in India and almost all of them had mold. And that's really when my body couldn't fight it anymore. And my friend was like, I think you're drinking too much. And I was like, I don't really drink that much. And like the doctors couldn't find an answer they're like you're the healthiest person we've ever seen your blood panels are normal everything's great then I started seeing someone and he was like I don't know how to tell you this but you smell like mold I was like oh my god this guy like really really (laughs) but if you are open to receiving those messages which fortunately I was like okay I should hear this um that's what pushed me to explore it further Wow, that's interesting. I have never, <laughs> I would have never think that some, I don't even know what mold smells like. Some don't smell and some are invisible. So um, I don't know that I could smell it on myself either. And I, I thought the dude was kind of nuts, but I mean, he was a little nutty, but <laughs> he ended up being. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It wasn't something that radiated from me. Like I was traveling with a girlfriend and she never noticed and she had the nose of a hound dog so just something maybe something from the proximity or maybe he just had an intuition or he was just a weirdo I don't know but either way he was right (laughs) right you were meant to cross paths and he was meant to give you that message and it could have even saved your life I'm sure that it did incredible so if somebody doesn't have mold or they've already corrected the situation, what can they do now? You talked about humidity a lot. Would a dehumidifier solve the problem? So they solved the problem. You're, you're talking about ongoing maintenance? Yeah, either either they had their home tested and they're mold free, and but now they want to prevent anything or they've eradicated it and now they want to not have it be an issue going forward. 
So you want to make sure that you have some kind of monitor to know what your humidity is at. In Florida, we want to be somewhere between 50 and 55. Anywhere, you want to be somewhere between 50 and 55. You don't really know that unless you have some way to measure it. The other thing is you want to make sure that your AC has gone through a diagnostic so that you know that it's working properly. If those things are in balance and they're working properly, you shouldn't need anything else. I personally, you know, I, I like all the toys and things. So I have a UV light and a purification system built into my plenum. It has a light bulb that's got to be changed every three years. So it has UV light, um, multi-cluster ionization, and ozone. Some people don't like ozone. They have it with or without. But that is a that is a purifier that is in my system working all of the time. People who are very, very sensitive, they make um, they make like small ones for your room. You can have one by your bed and it will be constantly purifying, at least while you're sleeping. So there are different ways to supplement your purification, but you want to know holistically, like at its source, what's causing it. So as long as you're, if you have central AC, you want to make sure that that's running properly. And then for a lot of homes, they still have um, just, you know, room units that are in the wall or in the window. And they think that because it's in the wall, they don't have to clean that filter. You got to change, you got to clean that filter. <laughs> so those don't have ductwork, so you're not as, um, it's not as a high of exposure probability. But if you are not cleaning those air filters, you are literally breathing the mold right from that from right from that filter. I've had to, you know, a lot of what I do with my clients is really just educate them in the process and help them understand how to better their own home. So I remember we had this lovely little lady who lived in Hialeah, this little Cuban woman who had come here from Cuba, where in Cuba they didn't have air conditioning. So she didn't understand. And even though she had central AC, she would refuse to turn it on. And so I finally sat with her and I'm like, listen, this is why it happened. This is what's happening. And if you don't turn on your AC, you're just going to see me again. And I know you don't want to see me again. <laughs> so it's really taking the time to explain to them, evaluate the property, know what's going on. And a lot of it can be done with a little common sense. You have to take time. Stand at your front door. Do your perimeter walk. Look to see what's going. Don't be in denial of it. I can assure you that being preventative with your maintenance is much less expensive than having to deal with the remediation in the end. So if you've been avoiding that little leak under the kitchen sink or that slow little drop that's you know, happening here or the condensation droplets in your shower, oh, that's another one. If you are not running your fan in your shower after a hot shower for 30 minutes, you're going to get condensation. You're going to start to get those little spores on the shower ceiling. You're like, where's that coming from? So there's a reason these tools are in place, but unfortunately, I've never understood why it's so easy to buy a house, right? Like they, they should teach you how to use all the things in your home um, because they're there for a reason. Those tools exist. You should be dehumidifying. You should be running your vent fans. We, um, and if you have a central AC, sometimes people are told to keep the fan on all the time. It shouldn't be on all the time. It should be on auto. So you got to let the system do its work. If you have it on all the time, then again, it's just cooling, just moving air. It's working overtime and it never has the time to dehumidify.
So understanding how your gadgets work is just as important as having the gadgets. <laughs> Make sure they're doing their job for you. Yes, yeah. 100%. <laughs> At what point should somebody call you? At what point does Maxine step in and what what can you do to help? So I do a variety of services. My my company does consultations. So if you if you have a report that you'd like me to review and you just need some time for that, I'm happy to look at things like that. If you want us to come out and do an assessment, we do that in the state of Florida. If you need a local contractor, I teach the state licensing course for mold remediation. So I, I hope I, that all of my students follow what we teach them. And if you're looking for a contractor, even if you're in a state where it's not licensed, a lot of contractors are learning the value of this and they're coming to get licensed here to bring it back to their state, even though their state doesn't require it. So if you want to go to Normie Pro, N-O-R-M-I, that's the National Organization of Remediators and Microbial Inspectors, Normie Pro, that will tell you any contractor that has done above and beyond to get their license. And it's at least a good starting point if it's not somewhere that's local, or if you did get a test done and you'd like me to look at it, that's something. Um, and then if you're going through the health stuff, even during or after remediation and you have some questions, uh, I can help with the, with, I'm not a doctor, but I can help guide you through the health side of it. And to answer your question as the, for the detox stuff is, I have to encourage people to really get to know themselves and take their health into their own hands. So if you, if you are not willing to make the switches to eat healthier foods, I'm not gonna be able to help you. If you're not going to do the time to get your blood work done and know what else is out of balance in your body, I'm not going to be able to help you. There's no magic button. There's not one pill you can take that's just going to clear it out. This is just like a remediation in the home is a multi-step process. The remediation to detox and rebuild your body is going to be a multi-step process, but it is doable. And it's not as scary as it sounds. <laughs> As we begin to wrap up our time together, is there anything about this topic that we didn't get to that you'd like to share? There's a great movie called Fantastic Fungi on Netflix. And so for people that feel very overwhelmed with mold, you got to know that it is the microscopic fiber that unifies our world. It's, it comes out of trees. It's in the soil. It's it has a way of talking to each other in a way that you can't even see. And so for some people, that's like a lot to think about, but when you see the movie, it's like, oh, okay. I just have to find my balance with this, right? We're always talking about balance in life and everything else. So you're never gonna get rid of mold. You're never gonna live in a bubble, like in a hospital, right? That's not the goal. The goal is to be healthy enough that you can fight it on your own, to be able to live in harmony with your environment. Mm, yes, well said. <laughs> I have one more question for you, but before I of ask, course. where can people find more information about your services? Uh, drivetech247.com, that's my website. And on there, there is a tab for mold exposure. So on there, you can read my story. You can see all the products that I like to use. Uh, you can ask me questions. And uh, I'm really here to be a resource. I am very blessed that I get to travel around the world and teach this and bring insight to people. If you are concerned about this, become an advocate. 
call your estate. Let them know that you want mold regulation licensing, that you want building code to include indoor air quality, that you talk to your doctor and you do your own panels to inform them. Something that we are doing on our side of it in the industry, which hasn't been done before, but we're helping make the connections. It used to be that we would come and do an assessment and we would just evaluate the building and call it a day. Now we're starting to do surveys of the people. Are you having any symptoms? How are you feeling? Is everyone in your household sick? You know, little things like that. That way we can start to collect the data points because medicine isn't doing it and building isn't doing it. So we're hoping to do it for both of them to start making those correlations. Because right now, if you're a renter in the state of Florida, there's nothing to protect you from indoor air quality. And if you don't have renter's insurance and you got mold, there's nothing to help you. Like you're gonna have to clean your stuff on your own or pay for it to get done professionally. So taking responsibility, taking your health and your building into your own hands, speaking up, letting your representatives know that this is important to you. Because right now, if you go to someone, you're like, hey, I tested my rental property, I tested my blood, and I've got the same kind of mold in both. They're like, yeah, sorry, that doesn't mean anything. And they're right, right now it doesn't mean anything to them. That is unreal. It is unreal. But that's why I'm here. That's why I love to, you know, I'm, I'm a nerd about this stuff. I love it. I love talking about mold. I love how it, it does have a wonderful way of unifying us. It has great qualities. It has a lot of healing properties and there's good things to come from it. And I promise you that the transformation that you come out of it with will, be, will be, have you in a better place. My final question for you today is what is your number one health tip, whether it's mindset, diet, and nutrition, physical, emotional, just the one piece of advice you'd like everyone to know. Just avoid sugar. Really? Even fruit? No, but um, you want to make sure that your sugars are in balance if you're consuming fruit. So if you are susceptible to high blood spikes, you don't want to start your day. I'm speaking for me. I'm not a doctor. I know for myself, if I start my day with a bowl of fruit, I'm going to spike my blood sugar and I'm chasing that all day long. If I have my fruit, maybe blueberries, something not so high in sugar, with yogurt, with a protein and with some nuts, with some fat, that will balance your system so that you are not raising your cortisol levels. And if you are under the duress of mold and you're anxious as it is, and you're spiking your blood sugar, you're just sending yourself through a roller coaster. So if you're going to consume sugar, be mindful of how your body digests it. Know that it is best absorbed with proteins and fats, that it's not something you should have on an empty stomach, and that it should be limited. Um, definitely not complex sugar, right? Definitely not junk food, definitely not plain candies and soda pops and things like that. Um, you really want to limit your alcohol. Red wine, red wine equals sugar. So if you're going to drink, maybe switch to a tequila or with some water or some tonic water that, you know, the quinine helps with your muscles if you're already stressed out because mold causes a lot of physical pain too. So you want to do what you can to, to be kind to your body. And I know that people are, they want to reward themselves with their treats we've been lied to about what dessert is, right? It shouldn't be just a slice of cake. It should be your fruit with your yogurt and your, your yummy little things that add to your nutritional value because 
how you reward yourself by nourishing yourself is going to feel so much better than that sugar spike that you get just for a quick fix. Yeah, I can attest to this from experience. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's it's probably the hardest addiction for people to give up. And I'm not saying give up sugar and don't have treats. I'm saying find healthier solutions to replace those habits with. You deserve the reward. You deserve the treat. You deserve the dessert. Just reframing your mind what you're rewarding yourself with. Is it poison or is it a reward? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we could do a whole other hour on diet because I'm, <laughs> I'm with you on this and because your taste buds change and also we we crave the sugar for different reasons and whether it's an emotional connection or what have you. Uh, yeah, but what you're saying, I've I've also found to be true. I can tell you that the mold was affecting my body in certain ways. I'm now 43. I'm in the best shape of my life. I'm building muscle for the first time. I'm clear headed. I can breathe better. I can smell again. And um, it's just little changes along the way, right? I'm not going to tell you to just cut it off cold turkey, although that would be huge. I, I would love to be able to tell you that. But I want to be realistic with your people to know that it's it's doable. It's just the little the little switches every day that will nourish you rather than poison you. Thank you so much, Maxine. You've shared so much value and knowledge and expertise today. And I hope everybody took lots of notes. And <laughs> I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Thank you for your time. My honor, my pleasure. I'm here for you always. Thank you, Jessica. That concludes this episode. If this resonated with you, please give it a rating and review. And if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out on Instagram. I would love to hear from you. Links are in the show notes. I sincerely thank you for your time and your presence.